Good morning, come on. Who's excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? You excited to be here? I say that about every Sunday because I want you to be excited. I'm excited to be here to hang out and worship with you today. We want to welcome everybody to our Ashland campus. Man, God's doing a great thing right there at our Ashland campus there in Boyd County. And the last couple weeks have been amazing. We've been to minister to the community there with shoes and stuff. Man, so thankful what God is doing there. Also want to welcome everybody watching online. Thank you so much for tuning in for our brand new series called Second Nature. I'm so excited about this series. We've got so many great things planned for the month of September, and I just want to encourage you, man, make sure that you stay in the know. You can grab the app, as you already heard. It's one of the best ways to keep up with what's going on at Bear Life Church. You, we have sermon notes in there. You can follow along with me if you choose to. We also have a place where you can sign up for our Wednesday night Bible study with your family nights that are coming up. Man, you don't want to miss that. And so super excited what we have going on in September. And also in Ashland, you're doing groups. You can use the app to sign up for groups. So, so many great things happen. Everything's going on the apps or a one-stop shop place. And so, Make sure you download it. I'm telling you, so many great tools uh, that we want to help minister to you. And so today, if you have your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter 13. We're in a series called Second Nature. Now, you might be saying, what does that mean? Well, we want you in this series to learn how to really grow in your faith, become more like Jesus, and begin to bear fruit in your life. We want it to be so seamless. We want it to be like Second Nature. Just second nature of life. It's like no effort whatsoever. Like you're just bearing fruit in your life. Now we know it takes effort, right? But you're just saying so connected to the vine. You're saying so connected to Jesus that your life just bears fruit. Like growing and maturing in Christ is like second nature to you because you have the tools that equip you to grow in your faith. And so that's what this series is gonna be about as we head into the fall that we continue to grow in our faith. Here's our theme verse. Colossians 2, 6, 7 says this. Therefore, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your life, watch this, in him. Continue to live your lives in him. And here it is, verse seven. Rooted and built up in him, firm in your faith, just as you were taught, and overflowing with thanksgiving. That's what we want to happen in this series, that you will build your life on him, you'll be rooted in him, built and firm as you, as second nature in your life, as you grow in your faith, bear fruit in your life, and become more like Jesus. Now, we know if we are going to grow, if you are like to plant and you have plants and a garden or stuff like that, you know that the soil is very important. My wife, she's been going around and she's been potting all these plants and stuff in our yard and around our house and flowers and this big massive aloe uh, bush or tree, what do you call it, aloe plant. Yeah, they're an aloe plant. A lot of these looks like a monster, it's so big. So if you have poison ivy, let us know. We got you hooked up, man. We get some aloe, you put right on it. If you get burned or whatever, we, we, we can help you out there. And, and so you know, and she keeps buying these bags of soil because you gotta have the right soil. Now you got like miracle Grow. They got nutrients and food. I think it's kind of fake. We just go get dirt. But anyway, they got all these nutrients in there because you know that the soil is very important. And if you're gonna pot a plant or a tree, whatever, you gotta make sure that you, when you put the right soil in that it's gonna give it nutrients. Of course, you gotta tend to it and care to it and not neglect it. But you know and I know how important the soil is if you are going to plant something. We found that out when we started planting grass in our yard and found out the dirt was full of just clay. Stuff don't really grow good on clay dirt. So you have to figure that out. You have to make sure it's nutrient. You have to bring some things in to make sure that you have the right stuff so you watch it so that you can grow. Well, today I wanna focus on the soil. 
because the soil is one of the main things that is important to us as we grow in our faith with Christ, as we grow and bear fruit and become more like Him. And the one of the greatest places to focus on this is found right here in Matthew chapter 13. Now, I'll be using the NET translation just in case you have your app and you wanna follow along exactly with me. As we walk through verse three, starting in verse three, let's, let's, let's walk through this parable that Jesus says and then we can unpack it. If you're ready to get started, come on, say let's go. Here we go, verse three. He told them many things in parables. Jesus always spoke in stories in a parable. Listen, a sower went out to sow. As he sowed some seeds, it fell along the path and the birds came and devoured them. Now, if you've planted grass seeds before, you know how true this is. The birds will come and destroy and get as much as possible. Verse five. Other seeds fell on the rocky ground where they did not have much soil. They sprang up quickly because the soil was not deep. But when the sun came out, they were scorched and because they did not have sufficient roots. The roots were not deep. Therefore, they withered and they died. Other seeds, verse seven said, fell among the thorns, the weeds, and they grew up and they choked the life out of them. But the other seeds fell on good soil, producing grain some 100 times, as much as 60 times, as some 30 times more. The one who has ears had better listen. And then the parable stops. Now Jesus would speak stories like this all the time and talk about in parables. And in the context of this story, if we look at the different types of soil, when Jesus says a farmer went out or a gardener went out and he sowed and he broadcast, and you know what I'm saying, you put your hand in a bag and you would broadcast the seed and you would scatter the seed. In the context, Jesus is making points here. Jesus is wanting you to see this, that the Pharisees, the ones who come and said they're all about the things of God, the heart is so hardened like this hard soil that when the seed falls on it, the birds come and devour it and it has no time to grow because the hardness of the soil or the hardness of the heart. And then it goes on, it says, but some fell on rocky ground. You see a lot of places there in, in Israel, there's a, a limestone bed of rock and it'd be like two or three inches of soil on top of it. So when the seed grew down, it would hit that rock and therefore could not get deep enough to give the nutrients that it needs. So when the sun came, it scorched and withered and the plant died. He says, some of the guys who are out here who come around and they, they love that I perform miracles, I feed people, I heal people, and they're, they're here because of what Jesus can do for them. They come and they're excited, they receive this with joy, but all of a sudden when the heat comes on, because of the word of God, when persecution comes, when trouble comes, when pain comes, they leave because they didn't have any roots. And then he says, some falls upon the weeds, the thorns, and the thorns begin to choke the life out of the plant that was planted. They have a crowded life, it becomes crowded. This would be something like the rich young ruler who may be following Jesus. Your heart is divided here. It's crowded in your life and therefore you allow the weeds of the world to choke out this life. But then he said there's some seed that's gonna fall on good soil. And we're gonna have a hundredfold harvest, a 60-fold harvest, a 30-fold harvest, and that's what we want. And that's what we wanna focus on today and through this series of how do we get our hearts ready that when God begins to move our life, we will bear fruit. We would have a harvest of fruit in our life. And so when we walk through this parable, here's what you need to know. Jesus is the sower. The seed is the word of God that's being sown. 
and the soil represents the hearts of the listeners. That's why he said, you have an ear, you better listen. Listen to the word of God as it is scattered amongst the hearts of the people. And then depending on what's going on in your heart will depend on how the seed takes root. And so the disciples always often wondering, what do the parables mean? Well, we're very fortunate with this parable because unlike most of them, Jesus explains this one. Jesus actually explains what this parable means. Skip down with me to verse 18. Listen to what Jesus said. So listen to the parable of the sower. So now you're a disciple, you're leading. Oh my gosh, Jesus is gonna explain the story. This is what he says, verse 19. When anyone hears the word, do you hear that? It's about hearing. When you hear the word of God, when you hear about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches what was sown in his heart. This is the seed that was sown along the path. Four questions I wanna ask you this morning. Question number one, do I have a hard heart? Do I have a hard heart? Now in the fields, they would walk these paths and when they walked the paths, they would beat the paths down and it would be like dirt, hard as a rock. They would walk the paths through the field and they would cast the seed. Some of that seed would fall on the path. Same way in my house, if you have asphalt driveway or concrete driveway and you scattered seed in the yard and someone on that hard, hard concrete, that hard rock, it will not germinate. In the same way, when it fell on that hard dirt and it could not germinate, the birds of the air saw it, which represents the enemy, the devil, and he came and snatched the seed from the heart. If you notice, there's times when you leave here that I pray for you, that I pray that God would not allow the enemy to snatch the seed of the word of God that was planted in your life today. Because when your heart is hard and nothing can germinate, the question is, do you have a hard heart? This is a hard path that bears no fruit. Is your heart, let's just go with this, your heart's connected to your mind. Is your mind closed? Are you closed-minded to the things of God? Is your mind closed from hearing what God has to say to you? Do you really wanna hear what God has to speak into your life? Because sometimes you wanna, what causes a heart to be hardened? Now we know, the scripture teaches us, that the devil is the little g God of this world. We know that God has given him reign and some authority on this planet, we know that. We know the Bible calls him the prince of, of the air. We'll talk about that in our family nights coming up in September and October. We know that he rules on a leash because God allows him to, and he blinds the hearts of those who do not believe. You and I know, if you've been there before, that our hearts were once blinded and we could not see. And eventually someday the gospel was preached and the seed penetrated our hard heart. And what happens? Our eyes were opened and we received. Don't miss this. He says, they, hearts were hardened, yet they did not understand it. The majority of my life, well not majority, but as I grew up as a kid, I knew about Jesus. I heard about Jesus. I even believed that Jesus was God's son. But my heart was so hard because I did not understand it. I couldn't grasp it. In the same way, those who have a hard heart, watch this, we don't wanna hear what God has to say to us. Now, why do we not wanna hear God? Well, a few things. One, fear. I'm afraid of what he may say to me. I'm afraid what he may ask me to do, therefore I don't wanna hear what God has to say to me. Two, bitterness. You're mad at God, you're angry at God. And when you have a bitter heart, 
It will keep your ears being deaf and you will not hear what God has to say in your life. Some of you, you are mad at God and therefore bitterness in your life keeps you from hearing because your heart is hardened. But you know the number one reason that our hearts are hardened towards God? is because of pride. Pride will harden your heart. The Pharisees sat there and they heard Jesus, they saw Jesus, they saw the miracles. People said, man, if I saw Jesus perform miracles, I would believe. No, they didn't. They didn't all believe. And this represents the Pharisees whose hearts were hardened because of the pride in their life. Pride will harden your heart. So here's the question, how do I break a hard heart? How do I cultivate that? How do I, how do I break up that hard ground in my life? James tells us just this, James 1:21. So put away all filth and evil excess, and watch this, and humbly welcome the seed, the word of God, the message that's implanted within you, which is able to save your souls. Did you see right here what breaks the hardness of your heart? Humility. The reason why our hearts are so prideful is because we don't think we need God. God, I don't need you in my life. God, I'll come to you when things get really bad or I really need you. I don't need you in my family, I don't need you in my finances, I don't need you in my career, I don't need you in my life, my relationships, my planning, my, my, my education, but if I have a blowout, then I'll come to you. That's pride, and God hates pride. And we see this through the scripture. James says this, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. James says, humble yourself before the Lord, and he will lift you up, he will exhaust you. Paul writes in Ephesians 4, their minds are full of darkness. They've wandered far from the life of God because they've closed their minds and hardened their hearts. If you want roots to grow in your life today, you must humble yourself and receive the word, which is Christ Jesus. It's the only way. You can come in here and you say, my wife made me come, my husband made me come, or my, you're a kid here, my parents made me sit here at church right here, and you'll cross your arms and you'll hear a word I'm saying because your heart is hardened and not open to what God has to say to you. And you wonder, watch this, and you wonder why you leave here not changed or being transformed. You have to ask yourself, there is nothing wrong with the sower. There is nothing wrong with the seed. The problem is the soil that it falls in. So the question I want you to ask this morning is do I have a hard heart? And if so, what are you gonna do about the hardness of your heart? Here's the second question. Do I have a shallow heart? Do I have a shallow heart? That when the seed is planted, there's not enough soil there to grow roots. Look what happens in verse 20. The seed that was sown on the rocky ground is the person who hears the word. They hear it. See, see this? It's all about receiving the word. They hear the seed. They hear the word. They hear about Jesus. They immediately receive it with joy. Man, this is great. This is awesome. But he has no root in himself and does not endure. And when the trouble or persecution comes because of the word of God, because of Jesus, they immediately fall away. He immediately fall away. Here's the question. Can you believe in Jesus and not receive Jesus? Absolutely. And this is a question you will have to, can you believe in Jesus yet not receive Jesus? Yes, ask the devil. The Bible says he believes and all of his demons believe. Yet, yeah, but they will not bow a knee and they will not receive him. 
Up to the age of 20, I believed. I believed, but I never received it. I knew there was a God, I knew about Jesus. Every now and then I stepped into a church building, every now and then I knew, I had reverence for it, but I didn't receive it. And finally the hardness of my heart broke when I hit my knees and told God I could not go on with my life without him. And when I humbled myself and confessed my sins, the word took root in my heart and my life. And I finally received what I've already believed. But then I finally received it. And so you could say, I believe there's a God, I believe in Jesus, I believe he is God's son, but the question is, has it changed your life? If you say you believe and there's no change in your life, then you don't believe. And one way that we know that we believe is by the fruit that we bear from our life. We'll talk a little bit more of that in this series. That your life begins to bear fruit. Because what happens when the persecution and trouble comes and people start like, Persecuting you because of Jesus that says they fall away. They go away. And you and I know people like this, right? They went to a church service. They went to a revival. They got all fired up for Jesus. And you even say, man, they're on fire for the Lord. And then two months later, they're back out living like a hellion. Unfortunately, some people would say they lost their salvation. The apostle John would say they weren't saved in the first place. Because when you looked at the totality of the scriptures, those who are truly born again will persevere and you are eternally secured in Christ and will be saved. And so we see that when he says he falls away, he, walked, he was truly never saved in the first place because there was no evidence in their life. And so how do I grow these deep roots down then when they get shallow? How do I? Well, first, to break the hardness of our heart, we must repent, we must humble ourselves before the Lord. If we're going to grow deep roots, Proverbs 12 says that the godly have deep roots. If we're going to grow deep roots, watch this, you've got to slow down. You've got to stop being in a hurry. Hurry will destroy your roots. If you want to grow up, you must grow down. You must grow your roots in Christ. We just read our, our theme verse, right? To be rooted and built up on him, our root system, our structures. What do I got to stay rooted in? Here's a few things. One, you gotta stay rooted in the word of God. Listen to what the scripture says in Psalms 1. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They're like trees that are planted along the riverbanks, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all that they do. Who is that person? That is the person that when the riverbed and the floods come and the storms come, they're so rooted in Christ because they've stayed rooted in God's word that it don't affect them, and they continue to bear fruit in every season. That's what we want for you, that's what I want for me. We gotta stay rooted in the word. We gotta stay rooted in hope, Jeremiah 17. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made their hope and confidence in him. They are like trees planted along the riverbanks. Their roots grow rich and deep into the water and such trees are not bothered by the heat. They're not bothered by the worry of long months of droughts. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. How do we become second nature that no matter what season we're in, a bad season at work, a tough season in our marriage, a tough season in our finances, a tough season at school, it doesn't matter. No matter what season, we still bear fruit because it's second nature. That's what I want in my life and that's what I want for you. We've gotta stay rooted in faith. 
as well. Colossians 2, we just read this. And now accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down in him. Let your lives be built in him. Therefore, your faith will grow when you have hope and stay rooted in faith. So my question is, are you growing in these areas of your life? And you wonder when the heat comes why you fall away. You wonder why the enemy keeps knocking you down. Because he will. The bird of the air is gonna do everything he can to distract you and to bring you down. Which leads to my third question. You ask yourself, do I have a crowded heart? Is my heart crowded? Is it divided? Is it distracted? And this is where probably most of us would fall into this category. Our hearts are just crowded with so many things of this world. And therefore, we can't bear fruit, we can't grow because we're choked by the things of this world. Look what he says in verse 22. The seed sown among the thorns, these are the weeds, is the person who hears, do you not miss this? It's all about receiving and hearing God's word. The person hears the word, but the worldly cares and the seductiveness of wealth choke the word, choke the seed out. And watch this, and it produces nothing. Do you know what's fascinating about all the first three soils that we looked at? If you look at it, none of them, none of them bared fruit. There was a tree, but they had no fruit. If this is an apple tree or an orange tree and it never bared fruit, something's wrong. The first three soils, the first three hearts never bared fruit. They went through the motions they received it with joy. Their life was crowded with things of this world, yet they never bared fruit. And listen to me, one of the signs of a true believer in following Jesus is that their life bears fruit. I can't judge your heart, but I can judge the fruit that comes out of your life, the scripture tells us. So what fruit or what is bearing in your life? If this tree never bears fruit, Something is wrong with the tree, assuming it's a fruit tree. And so most of us, the reason we can't is because we are crowded, we're divided, we are distracted in our life. And you know what distracts us? Weeds. He said the thorns. Why do weeds grow? What is weeds a sign of? Neglect. You could go by someone's landscaping, don't judge mine, and look at the weeds. My wife, she'll come, she goes, I just went out there yesterday, and I pulled all these weeds out, and I've got them on, and they came right back. You need to go spray them, big boy. I'm like, what? okay, just tell me what I need to get. And she's out, and she'll, she'll be de-weeding it, and they keep coming up, knowing if she did not do that, that it would take over the entire landscaping. Correct me, weeds are a sign of neglect. When you try to get the crabgrass out, dear Lord, thanks to Warren, he's trying to help me do this. You get the weeds out of your yard. You just sold new seed and there's still weeds everywhere. They come and they grow up and they're not right. You wanna get rid of the weeds. If I just let them grow, it's a sign of neglect. I just didn't care. 
And when you begin to neglect your faith and the word of God, when you begin to neglect church and reading your Bible or young people attending youth and coming to youth or our Wednesday night Bible and family night we're having together, weeds will grow in your life and they will choke the life out of you. So don't neglect the family of God. Don't neglect the word of God. Don't neglect spending time with him because you will have weeds pop up. And the scripture here points out two weeds. Now there's tons, but there's two. He said worldly cares. What's worldly cares? Literally means endless anxiety. The worries of this world. How many, you don't have to raise your hand, I'm right there with you. How many of you spend most of our time worrying about the things of our life? Worrying about our kids, worrying about our health, worrying about our finances, worrying about our job, worrying about our marriage, worrying what people think about us, worrying what's going on, worrying what's going on in the world, worrying what's going on in the news, worrying about who's gonna be the next political person to lead. All the worry, the endless anxieties of this world will choke the life out of you and you and I know as somebody who you worried a lot, you and I know it is a wasted energy that will not change anything in your life. And you know that and I know that, but watch this, we still allowed the cares of this world to choke us out with endless anxiety. And if we're not worrying about something and we finally got through that, it's something else, it's something else. And then when you're really bad like me sometimes, you worry because you have nothing to worry about. I should be worrying right now and I'm not, something's wrong, I need to worry some more. A weed is endless anxiety, and then it says the seductiveness of wealth. Now, please understand this. It didn't say wealth was a weed. Wealth is neutral. Money is neutral. The seductiveness, the lure of it, the deceitfulness, the lies that it promises you. We talked about this two weeks ago in our Monopoly game message. The seductiveness of wealth in your life that you think it's your wall that protects you, that you think it brings security, that you think it brings status in your life. You, you think that it helps you and it's the lure of it that you spend all your life because you're so seduced by it. The same tactic that the devil used with Eve in the garden is the same tactic he'll use in your life. It was the, sedu- it was the lure, it was the looking at the fruit that seduced her to want it. And when we're so seduced by the things of this world, watch this, it'll choke the life out of you. And we've all been there. So Jesus knows that, that we cannot neglect these things in our life, that we must start focusing our faith on him. Listen, watch this, worry and faith is the exact same thing. Did you know that? Worry and faith is the exact same thing because it's this thought. When I worry about something, I think about it over and over and over and over with a negative connotation, with a negative outlook, with what ifing. Faith is the same thing. I'm trusting and believing and thinking over and over that God's good, God's got this, and God will come through it. The difference between faith and worry is what you are focusing on. They're both the same thing. So watch this, if you can worry, you can have great faith if you change your focus. 
And that will begin to, watch this, will not neglect the areas of your life so weeds don't grow in your life to choke the life out of you. And then my last question is this, do I have a good heart? I need to explain this. Do I have a good heart? Now, let me tell you what this doesn't mean. This doesn't mean that you're a good person. This is so subjective. Because every one of you sit down right now and go, yeah, yeah I, mean, I, got, I got a decent heart, I got, I got a good heart, right? To you, it's good, right? Because there's always somebody that you're better than. I mean, my heart's not as good and pure as theirs, but oh my gosh, that's okay, but it's better than his. I'm not talking about goodness as you define goodness in your life. Because we can, what, has anybody got a bad heart this morning? Like nobody wants to admit, no, I'm, I'm pretty decent. Like most people say, I'm not, I'm not like perfect, right? But I'm okay, I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm good, I'm better than them, not as good as her, but I'm better than, so I'd say I'm, I'm about average, but I got a decent heart, I'm not a bad person. That is not what I'm talking about. When you use the word good, it's talking about fertile. It's talking about open. It's talking about being ready to receive, which means this, watch this. Every time you open up God's word, every time that you come to fellowship, Ashley, listen to me. When you come to fellowship as the family of God, it is your choice to get before God and say, God, my heart, the soil is open and ready to receive whatever you want to share with me today. And the answer is yes before you even speak. So when you come in and the God's word pricks your heart or the Holy Spirit convicts you of something in your life and the seed is trying to germinate, you can respond with an open heart and open mind ready to receive the seed. And that is your choice, you could choose to do that. So the question is, do I have an open heart? Do I have a fertile heart this morning? Look what happens. But for the seed sown on good soil, an open heart, a fertile heart, with miracle grow in it, right? The nutrients are ready. Everything's ready to go, watch this. This is the person who hears the word and understands it. See, I used to hear the word, but I never understood it. And then I was once blind, but now I can see. The person who hears it, their heart is open and say, yes, Lord, and they understand it. Did I fully understand everything about God when I gave my life to him? No. Do I fully understand thing, everything about God right now? Absolutely not. But my understanding has grown because my heart is open. And watch this. When you do this, he bears fruit yielding 160, 30 times that was sown. So the question is, is my heart open to the Lord. I have found this watermelon. I wasn't gonna use it this morning, but someone put this on my desk. Thank you, whoever put this on my desk this morning. We're gonna eat this today. And I asked for an apple real quick, but we didn't have an apple. And we had oranges at the back, but I'm using oranges next week, so I didn't wanna use this week. So we're gonna have the first ever watermelon seed tree. That'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Don't judge me, I'm not a green thumb, okay? I don't understand all this. I'm just kidding, we're not talking about that. Here, but here's what I wanna talk about. This watermelon has somewhere between 600 and 800 seeds in it. Now you know, yeah, for your, you can grow seedless watermelon. It's for an illustration, hang tight. 
600 to 800 seeds. When this watermelon dies to itself, it has the power to produce 600 to 800 more vines that can grow more fruit. And the same way in your life, if you will die to yourself, you only can do that when you humble yourself. If you will die to yourself and let the Word of God take root in your life, you will grow a harvest that bears fruit 160, 30 more times. Now, how is that beneficial and why is that helpful? Because here's the reality. Fruit is not for you. The fruit is not for the tree. When this tree bears fruit, I can pick the fruit from the tree and eat it and it's delicious to me. The fruit that I bear for my life that gives a hundredfold, 60-fold, 30-fold, watch this, it's for the people you work with. It's the people that you live with. It's the people you go to school with and buy your fruit. They will see your love, your joy, your peace, your patience, your kindness, your goodness, your gentleness, your faith, and by your fruit, people will see it in your life and say, something's different about them. It's because my root system is not in this world. My roots grow down in Christ, and when they do, I produce this fruit of my life, and people will see it, and they will hunger for that fruit. They'll want what you have, and eventually they'll come to you and say, you were so different at work. How do you do this in the locker room? How come you can stand up at school and say this, and you'll have an opportunity to point them to Jesus? And it'll be like second nature. Like, that's just what God's doing. And that's what I want for you. And that's what we want during this series. So ask yourself the question, do I have a hard heart? Do I have a shallow heart? Do I have a crowded heart? Or is my heart open to receive God's word? Now, I will say this real quick. As a Christian, there's times in my life, I've been all those. There's times in my life, I have pride in my life and my heart's hardened toward God when he asked me to do something. There's times that I'm shallow. Things get hard, trouble and I wanna run. There's times it's crowded, the things of this world crowds out my heart. But you know the difference where fruit bears is that because the Holy Spirit's within me and within you, if you repent of your sin, the Holy Spirit convicts you and you humble yourself and you repent of those moments in your life and guess what happens? Your life then begins to bear fruit because your heart was good heart fertile heart, ready for the conviction of the Lord, ready to hear the Holy Spirit speak to your life, and your life begins to bear fruit. That's what I want for you. I'm going to ask for you to bow your heads. Nothing wrong with the sower, King Jesus. There's nothing wrong with the seed. It's the Word of God. The question is, what heart did it fall on this morning? And today you have the opportunity to humble yourself, repent of your sin, and receive the word and give your life to Jesus. And you can do that right now. 
just in a moment, your campus pastor or host is gonna come out and they're gonna share with you your next steps as you continue out on this holiday weekend and we follow Jesus so that we can bear fruit. Father, we thank you so much for your word and how relevant. God, thank you, Lord, that you're so patient with us when our hearts are hardened, when our hearts are shallowed, when our hearts are so distracted. Thank you for your loving kindness and your long suffering. God, I pray through this series that you will begin to prune, that you'll begin to produce fruit in our life that will last, that this community, that our workplaces, our school, our cities, Eastern Kentucky, our world will see the fruit that your children bear. And God, it would draw them to you. We love you, Jesus. In your name we ask and we pray.